Welcome to the Business Made Simple podcast, where we coach you to run your business like an airplane. The cockpit is your leadership, the body is your overhead, the right and left engines power your marketing and sales, the wings are your products, and the fuel tanks are your cash flow. If you run your business like an airplane, it will fly far and fast. Each week, we help business owners just like you discover what's wrong with their business, then keep them from crashing by showing them how to fix it. I'm your host, Donald Miller. If you are trying to serve anyone and everyone with your business, I've got some bad news for you. You will never be known for anything. It's only when you become super specific in telling customers exactly what problem you solve and how you can fix it that your business will actually take off into the stratosphere. To those of you who feel like I'm speaking directly to you because you have a junk drawer of offerings and are chasing every dollar, you are not alone. In fact, this is what today's guest Stephanie Gray was dealing with when we first met. Stephanie is a corporate trainer who originally came to us needing to grow her client list. But in our coaching conversation, we actually discovered an entirely new and super detailed path she can take with her business that gives her way more opportunities to grow than she ever dreamed of. And it's not about expanding her reach. It's about dialing in on a niche. We basically invented a new business for her during this conversation. If you are struggling to identify and get super specific about the problem you solve for customers and how you can fix it, you need to hear my coaching conversation with Stephanie Gray. You know, you're coming you're coming to us at a unique time because I think you sort of represent a lot of people listening. And you are pivoting your career is what I mean by that. You were doing one thing, and now you're leveraging some of your expertise to do something else. You, did you know that close to 10% of the workforce has resigned in the last 90 days? In the last 90? In the last 90 days, 10% of the American workforce has turned in their resignation. I was thinking you would say something like, after COVID, everyone decided to- 90 days. It's insane. I, I was a little bit, I jumped the gun to the 90 days. I was a little before that. <laughs> you were, you led the way. Well, real real quick, I want to know what you're doing now, and then we'll go back and figure out how you got here. What sort of business are you, are you launching? What are you doing now? Corporate training. So an example would be if Wells Fargo is struggling because all their employees are leaving left and right, and they realize, oh, it's a manager problem. So they would hire me to come in, deliver a great leadership seminar, do some group activities to hopefully make their managers into better leaders so their employees don't leave. So all kinds of professional development yeah. is the kind of stuff that I facilitate. And where did you learn how to do that? Because that's a new endeavor for you. It's a new endeavor for me. Um, <laughs> well, I learned it because in, I, so before this, I was in medical device sales Okay. and I was lucky enough to be on the top grossing team in our division. It's a, a fortune top 10 company. So they have these huge retreats. They're all special. All the high grossing teams get to go. And we had a seminar that was for Gallup strengths finders. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? Oh, no, they're great. I, Okay. So we had to take that test, find out our strengths. So I walked into this big room for the seminar and there's all these different tables with giant name tags and every rep's name, top two strengths are there. And everyone's grouped according to other people who share their strengths. So I'm walking through the tables looking for my strengths and I didn't see them anywhere. And I was like, well, this is odd. And there's the competitors over here, the achievers, the maximizers. And I'm like, oh, this is odd. So finally I get to my table and it's me and one other 
one other woman, it's a sparse group, and our strengths were empathy and harmony. So it was at that point. <laughs> you decided to be a therapist. <laughs> yeah. I was like, maybe perhaps my strengths are better suited for a different career. And then right then the facilitator began the session and all I could think about was, you know, how do I get her job? Wow. Well, congratulations on actually going for it and, and you know, making a big change. And you're used to being up in front of people because before you went into pharmaceutical sales, you did what? At least I heard a rumor. What'd you do? TV and digital hosting. I think my, the furthest point I got was I had a, a series on Freeform. It used to be called ABC Family. Um, and it was at that point that I decided to leave the industry, you know, go out on <laughs> I'm curious also, though, do you do you teach your own frameworks, your leadership frameworks, or did you join somebody else who already had a framework and you're teaching their material? The second, the latter. Gotcha. And then do you want to, let's say five or 10 years from now, I'm just curious because you seem like the type of person with the skill set to be able to do this. Do you want your name on the cover of the book that has your own framework and you're out? representing that? Or do you want to continue using other people's stuff? Not There's there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm just curious as to what you want to do. A lot of people do end up having their own company. Um, eventually, you, you learn so much about these topics and you speak to so many people that you're very familiar with common business scenarios or struggles. So it makes sense oftentimes for someone to start their own business. Personally, because I sort of had my own business hosting, I feel that I, I know a lot about what it would entail. It's not for me. I admire people like you and others that I work for their companies who do own their own business. And boy, do I have a lot of respect for those people. For me personally, know your strengths. You, you really like in the room interaction empathy, coaching people through, you don't want to come up with the frameworks and you don't want, I mean, do you want it? You ever want your, you ever want to have your own platform and kind of be known as the person who comes in when your leadership is falling apart? I mean, right now I would say no, but never say never. Yeah. When I was talking to a few others about wanting to figure out how to tailor my message to be attractive to this industry. Got so it. pretend my audience, like, let's say I do have my own company, my audience would still be the same. So I want to make myself attractive to clients. Inherently, when you do that, you're making yourself attractive to these agencies who hire you. So having some kind of story to offer people would still be really beneficial as I'm still huge. trying to figure out how to talk about myself at a cocktail party. What do you do? Oh, it's huge. And I think you could do you could do probably three months worth of work and be one of the more attractive facilitators to all sorts of companies and to all sorts of clients. And the cool thing is you could actually build something that just sits there, and yet people go, oh, you know, we need to know about this. Let's call Stephanie Gray. I think that – and then that's going to get you what you want, which is to be in the room, empathizing with people, offering really good practical advice. What keeps you up at night right now? I mean, what, what keeps – what makes – what are you worried about right now? Honestly, selling myself well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in my brain, I keep trying to think of what's my specific angle. Branding, that was the thing in hosting. Boy, was I tired of hearing people say, what's your brand? What's your brand? Yeah. And eventually in hosting, I formulated my brand, which really applied to sort of preteen teenagers um, and was all about fandom. You know, we love fans. This is the fan generation. So I was able to tailor a brand for hosting. For this, I'm torn between like three different angles. I have the one angle where I'm your girl to make 
this material engaging, you know, right. based on my right. background. The problem there is edutainment, entertaining educa- edu- education is a little, people feel one way or the other, you know, they want either something a little more tangible, they don't just want to be entertained, or they love edutainment. So I'm torn between wanting to go that direction of I'm your entertaining girl versus I'm your empathy harmony person. I've had all these career lives and I've had to start from scratch so many times. And I do have a lot of stories to tell, a lot of lessons learned. So I really can empathize and I come from that place. And then I also just have the angle of I've had so many career lives. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot talk about period. Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I would think that people who are sending you out that the I can keep an audience interested and engaged is huge for them because they cannot afford to have a boring facilitator. They just can't do it. Uh, you know, and then I would think to the people in the room, which is a different market, the people who you're actually, you know, they didn't hire you to come in. They hired this other company and the company sent you. But in the room, the skill set shifts to empathy because they want to know that you can really understand their personal custom problems. Well, I think if you want to be known as, uh, you know, a great facilitator, a great business coach, I think there's some things that that you personally could do to build your platform, to build the Stephanie Gray platform. And it's, it's something that everybody listening right now uh, needs this as well. The first is, if you want to be known for something, the best question to ask is, what problem do I want to be known to have the solution for? Right. And and the reason is that the only thing people actually pull out their wallet and pull out their credit card for is the solution to a problem. And so for you, you know, the, the problem for one client, that is the the group, the organization that's bringing you in and sending you to their client, that problem is too many speakers are boring. You're interesting. I mean, I, I know because we have facilitators who go out that not being interesting is you'll go once. I mean, if we if we get feedback that the room just wasn't engaged, they're not going out again. Yes, I got to say, I am so impressed. Don, you hit the nail on the head from the get-go about the two separate messages. The one for the actual agency, I'm your entertaining girl. Right. And I solve the problem of participants not paying attention. So there's that. And then the message, the different message in the room to the actual participants, which is I solve the problem of you know not being on my high horse and actually trying to to help you in the struggles that you have that are, you're correct, different with every group. That's so right. that was part of my struggle also. is like, well, what am, am I, the leadership person, the salesperson, but every problem and need is different. I don't think you're born with it, by the way, just for anyone out there listening. <laughs> I'm very curious. I'm very curious because, well, a couple of things we need to talk about. One is how do you tell people that you are engaging without sounding like you're tooting your own horn, right? Because that can come off as, well, she's engaging, but she's also arrogant, right? So how do you say it? And I, I think like on your LinkedIn profile, wherever people go to do a little research about you, right? You're at, at Stephanie L. Gray, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E, and Gray is G-R-A-Y. Stephanie L. Gray, you're, at, you're, you're on Instagram, LinkedIn, and all that stuff. That's, that's where you go. You don't have a website that just promotes you, right? I did for hosting and I haven't done it yet for this because I still don't know what my message would be on there. I don't know what I'd be well, putting on Well, you that. listen, if you, if you own two things in your LinkedIn profile, you know, on Instagram, you can back this up. 
if you ever reskin your website, there's two things that I would say. One is somewhere in your copy, somewhere in your bio, I would say too many people have had the terrible experience of sitting through a seminar that was boring and didn't seem to apply to them. I would say that because you're, now you're hitting empathy and you're hitting engagement. You're really talking, not talking about entertainment. You're actually talking about engagement. How do you engage people, right? And then I would say the problem was probably not the content. It was the presenter. Oh, how do you come up with this on the spot, Don? How do you do this? <laughs> and, and then and now you've, you've said, I am entertaining and I am empathetic without even talking about yourself. Because if you're, if you're actually talking about their problem, it is assumed you are the solution or you have the solution to that problem. So I would lead with that. The other thing, Stephanie, is don't be surprised if five years from now, you don't have your own little company that all of these facilitators have to come see you in order to train their people to be entertaining and empathetic. Oh, sure. I never thought about that. Where there my you go. clients are other facilitators. There, that's a, there's a future there for you. So I would go grab stephaniegrayifyoucan.com. And if you want to, be known as the person who solves the problem of boring seminars in which the content doesn't seem to matter. I would, I would own that problem. And the reason I would own that problem, Stephanie, is because nobody else owns that problem and I would grab it right now. And then if you think about your history, walking the red carpet, interviewing people, having 30 seconds to do so, you know, the, the pressure of 30 seconds with Tom Hanks talking about his new movie is you got to be interesting in about three of those 30 seconds and then you've got to do 27 more and you've got to get a sound bite out of this person. I mean, it's only that kind of experience and pressure that allows you to develop that kind of mind. We got to get to the point really, really quickly. Right. And, and so, you know, I, I, and then, you know, there are a lot of public speaking coaches. There are a lot of them. There are thousands of them. How to give a great presentation. You know, they're, they're all over the place. What's fascinating about what you could do is you could become the public speaking coach and either you know, compete with those thousands of people, or you can become the person who solves the problem of a boring seminar. And all of that business is going to come to you because nobody's going to do the mental math to figure out, well, we could just go to a public speaking coach and get the same thing. So, you know, it, it just an idea, Stephanie, I, you know, and here's the other thing. If you actually start working on, well, how do I do that? What, you know, what's a model or a framework that I can teach? You're going to be doing two things. One is you're going to be building your own framework in business on the side while you're while you're actually telling the world indirectly that you are a very entertaining facilitator and they're going to hire you more and more you know who would you wouldn't you love to have the facilitator presenting your material who teaches other facilitators not to be boring and also to be good listeners yes. so it only benefits you it only benefits you to position yourself that way i would jump on that tonight before you go to bed okay I already jotted, I jotted down a ton of notes here. I have the problem I'm solving. Right. Which is what? I want to hear, I want to hear you say it because I want to know that we, we're, we're on yeah. the same. Go ahead. Me too. I want to check for understanding. Boring seminars. Yeah. Also, maybe the material didn't feel relevant. Yeah. And so the, the content didn't seem to apply to me. If anybody says that, it's the facilitator's fault. And then problem, not content, but the presenter. And then a future company 
training facilitators um, or public speaking specifically for this exact job. So if you said for 2,500 bucks, any one of those people could go to LA and sit in a room with you, maybe 50, 100 people in the room, and you teach them the basics of how to deliver a seminar and keep everybody's attention and also apply the content to anybody in the room. Two big problems. If you solve that problem and you do it well, I would send every one of my facilitators to do that as a part of their their on-ramp. Right. So now you're at, and I would pay about $2,500 for that. So just do the math. If you if you got 10 people in the room, that's a $25,000 room. If you've got 20 people, that's a $50,000 room. If you're doing that quarterly, that's $200,000 minus the hotel room, you know, the, the banquet room, minus a little bit of catering, minus your workbooks. You know, you're probably going to be at about $75,000 profit. I mean, sorry, more than $175,000 profit on that. That's a really good business. Plus, you can go out and facilitate for, you know, pick who you want. If you want to facilitate for us, we'd take you, right? Because you're the person who actually is entertaining. Now, I've just invented a business that you don't have yet, but I would run with it if I were you. I, 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 I now, let's have fun here. Let's get hypothetical. Let's talk about the things you got to do in order to make that business work. And well, you need a website. You're going to have to handle your marketing. You're going to need a website. But you also, before that, maybe, I mean, maybe kind of in tandem, you, you actually need a framework to teach these people. So, for instance, let me give you an idea. Um, the 10 principles of delivering a seminar that everybody loves. Right. One would be, you know, your opening line. Yeah, good hook. Good hook. There you go. Yeah, you think. There you go. I love it. You've done this. An organized format that they can follow along. Definitely a lot of storytelling. Storytelling. And then a, a firm conclusion with a call to action and a quick summary. You should do this. You could. You could just make a killing. You could make a killing. And we haven't even gotten in your online material that you could present. You know, little online <laughs> workshops and stuff like that. Right. Right. Uh, you know. So basically, you know. Uh, you know, here's the, the story that I sometimes tell. The more specific your offering is, the more likely somebody is to buy it. Okay, so Stephanie, if you and a group of friends have had dinner somewhere there in L.A., and the waiter comes over and says, uh, wow, looks like you guys really cleaned up. Did anybody leave room for dessert? You, you know, I would say ah, you got like a 10% chance that somebody's going to go, actually, yeah, but, you know, most of us try not to eat dessert. Okay, but let's say the waiter gets more specific. The waiter comes over and says, looks like you guys really cleaned up. Um, we have a, a gooey chocolate cake that is really, really good. Did anybody leave room for dessert? I think you just went from a 10% shot to maybe a 20% shot, right? Okay, now let's get even more specific. The waiter comes over and says, uh, looks like you guys really cleaned up, but I got to tell you, the chef makes a gooey chocolate cake once a month, there are 10 slices. Has anybody <laughs> left room for dessert? You went from 20% to at least 50%, and now I'm one of them, right? Okay, so then the, the, sh the waiter comes over. He says, listen, you guys look like you really cleaned up. I got to tell you, the chef makes a gooey chocolate cake. He only makes it once a month. There are 10 slices left. I recommend that the six of you get two slices and each of you get a couple bites. Can I bring that to your table? You are up to 95%. So 
if you say, I do consulting for speakers, it's the equivalent of, did anybody re- leave room for dessert? But if you actually say, we are all tired of going to seminars in which they are boring and the content doesn't seem to apply to us, and yet we feel locked in the room. I actually <sighs> train facilitators to be incredibly interesting and engage their audience so they love the material and never forget it. I do that in a specific ballroom at such and such at the Beverly Hills Hotel once a quarter. And I think you should send me all your facilitators because they're going to get hired more if they're actually engaging and you're going to get better survey results from your clients. Interestingly enough, Don, in hosting, there are tons of hosting classes. I mean, that's... That's interesting. I didn't know that. Right. You've got to learn teleprompters. So there's prompter classes. There's interview courses. That's kind of where I learned all of my on-camera skills. So some kind of hybrid of, of these hosting skills of how to be charismatic, so to speak. And then these special things you do with content that, in my opinion, apply directly to facilitation. Some hybrid of that. But it is interesting what you mentioned that it doesn't, it, there's not a ton of train the trainer stuff. There really isn't. And I think that that is a market that hasn't been fully tapped into. One more thing to say, whereas it has with hosting. So yes. why not other presentation industry? And I would, I would do what you just did. That is borrow on the expertise of your host training. Because you think about what I did with StoryBrand is I borrowed on my expertise of 15 years of, of writing narrative memoirs. And you say, well, what, is that, what does that have to do with, you know, helping Ford Lincoln figure out the, how to sell Lincolns or whatever? Nobody would put that together, but it was, it was really easy for me. It's like when you're a writer, you got you to gotta make people want to turn the page. And when you, when you put a guy up on screen to sell Lincolns, you got to make people want to pay attention to that. And everybody went, that makes sense. Let's do it. And mainly because it's absolutely true. So, you know, for you to get up there and say, look, they turn the cameras on. I've got a microphone in my hand. I'm standing next to a, a preteen heartthrob that I don't even never even seen their show. I got 30 seconds to make that person so interesting nobody will change the channel. I bet you feel that way when you stand up in front of a conference, you know, or, or a, a seminar. Let's talk about how to do it. And I think you've got everybody in the room paying attention at that point. Yay. Yay. You know, let's go through a few other things. You know, one is define the deliverables. So Stephanie Gray, the person who trains facilitators to be interesting and empathetic, Stephanie Gray offers what? So she offers, it's got to be specific, just like the waiter with the chocolate cake. She offers a workshop once a quarter that's day and a half long that costs 2500 bucks. She can come to you and train up to... 15, that's one product. She can come to you and train up to 20 people, let's say, in a room, and that is $15,000 or $17,500 for her to show up. And that's a one-day training because everybody in the room supposedly is going to be teaching the same thing. So it's a little bit easier and can get through the material a little bit quicker. That's another product. Um, I think you you would start with those two. Then I would say, look, if somebody wants to meet with you um, for one-on-one, I, I, you know, I think that's at least $10,000 because it, it really doesn't scale. And so you're going to take those, you're going to take those, uh, assignments or those requests 
sparingly. They will have to come to LA, but you, you might do that occasionally too. So there's three products right there that you can sell. The nice thing about the $10,000 one is you can do that kind of in a neutral location and you're not paying like hotel ballroom fees and you know those you know you don't have an event at that right. point so it's nice and and also if you go train a group of people you don't have like I would put together all of my facilitators in a place and bring Stephanie and then you would you know you could train my people you're not having to rent a ballroom at that point. And once you get into like hotel conference rooms and stuff, I mean, you know, they're watching to see if you plug a laptop in, they're going to ding you 150 bucks if you use their plug. You know, it's just stuff like that you just get tired of. I wonder, I wonder to myself when you say three, why three? Because in my neurotic, overly detailed mind, I'm like, well, I should have something for everyone. And I should have this option and this option yeah. and this option. And I should, what if someone has this special request and this special request? So I'm curious. And oftentimes with companies that I train for, there's, you know, there can be hundreds of, of different courses. So why the three? Well, now let, it's actually one. I would, it's one framework. You're either teaching it one-on-one, you're teaching it at their location, or you're teaching it in a public workshop at the Beverly Hills Hotel. So, you know, it's actually more simple than that. Now, here's why. The reason is when you have a fixed menu of products, people know what problem you solve, right? And you can scale. So let's say I have a boutique restaurant and my waiter goes over to the table and says, you know, what can I get for you guys? I, I think you've had time to look at the menu. And they say, you know, I, I don't see it on the menu. I'd love fresh caught salmon. Okay, now you have, you have two different decisions. There's two different kinds of restaurants you can run here. One is, sir, fresh caught salmon is not on the menu. You're right. But if you give me 45 minutes, I'm going to go find a salmon, and I'm going to wrestle it down. I'm going to bring it back here, and I'm going to cook it for you. That business is a boutique business. You can charge probably a lot of money, depending on how that salmon tastes. And uh, you're going to burn people out. And you're going to have a limited ability. You will not be able to scale. It's not going to happen, right? But if you come in, if you go to whatever burger place you, you mentioned and say, do you guys have fresh cut salmon? They're going to say, no, idiot. Look at the menu. We got a burger. We got a burger. We got a cheeseburger. We got a bourbon bacon burger. We, you know, we got 10 different kinds of the same thing. Scalable meaning somewhat uniform. Somewhat uniform gives you two advantages. One is it scales. Two is you get known for solving a specific problem lightning fast. Right. In other words, I think if you use that model, you're going to be up and running really, really quickly and be successful. But if you say, I can do anything for anybody, you will be known for nothing. That's such a good point. That's such a good point. What every one of us has to do, you know, everybody listening to this runs a business or is trying to grow a business in some way. Your business grows. When your potential customer can connect their problem to your solution, that's when it starts growing. So it doesn't grow because Stephanie Gray is charming. It doesn't grow because Stephanie Gray has a great Instagram. It starts growing when they say, I've got a headache. She's got aspirin. And so what we have to continue to do is we have to talk about their problem, talk about their problem, talk about their problem. So th then the next question is, well, how do we... How do we get them to realize they have this problem? And that's where I think there is power in an assessment. There's power in an assessment. So you, what you want is some sort of 25 questions that people can answer that basically – now, remember, your, your client, the person who pays the check, is probably not the facilitator. The person who's playing the check is the person who employs the facilitator. 
So the assessment is going to reveal that they're not doing as great a job as they could keeping people engaged and getting their material across. So the assessment is for the participants in the seminar that the, the bad facilitator is teaching. Is well, that what you're saying? I, I think you could do that, but I think you might be better off by actually making it, making it me or my team. You know, how well are your facilitators representing your material? Answer these 25 questions and we'll let you know. Are you consistently hearing that so-and-so hit it out of the park? Uh, uh, so, So here's another one. After people go through your facilitation, do they actually make the necessary changes you recommend? The answer to that question is for most people is going to be no, they don't. Well, you want to say that's actually a facilitator problem and it's because the people weren't engaged. What a genius business idea that I didn't even come into this thinking about. I thought I had certain options. And then this one of, of train the trainer, coach facilitators just didn't even occur to me. But, but are you excited about it? Do you think, I mean, is this something realistically that you think you might want to do? Hugely excited about it. It lends itself to my strengths, as yep. you pointed out. And one more thing, just the fact that this industry in general is blowing up right now, and there is more of a need for professional development coaching. So naturally, that goes hand in hand with a need for great trainers. I trust you enough that you're going to come up with an amazing framework that I would send my facilitators or at least bring you in to coach them. And you you haven't even started the business yet. And I think you've already got one person in line waiting to buy the product. So I think you're off to the races, Stephanie. (laughs) Thank you, Don. Thank you. This was truly eye-opening. Wonderful. I think this was tremendously helpful and a a creative solution to a problem that I didn't even think about in the first place. So Will you you come back on a year from now or so and tell us how it's going? Yes, I sure will. Okay. And until then, Stephanie, P-H-A-N-I-E-L-G-R-A-Y on LinkedIn, Instagram, check all the social channels. Find her, follow her. I have a feeling her career and her company is going to take off. Stephanie, great conversation. Love talking to you today. Well, thank you. And thanks to Don, it'll take off. Let's be real. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we love helping businesses grow. Yeah, you're good at it. I love it when that happens in a coaching session. When you have a major breakthrough that changes the direction of somebody's life, that gives them hope, that starts a business. Right there in front of them, it starts a business. Hopefully, you had some big epiphanies too. Well, at the end of every episode, I give you a plan of action from today's coaching conversation. These are the main takeaways you can immediately implement to strengthen and grow your business. Today's plan of action is pretty simple. First, the big takeaway that Stephanie got, and hopefully you caught it, is that she needs to build a duplicatable framework. It's one thing to be, you know, I realize not everybody listening is a consultant or a coach, but uh, regardless, there's there's probably some area of your business where you could actually turn whatever you're doing into a framework. So it's the framework that becomes the rock star, and, and then you promote that framework. But other people can teach the framework. So a framework is how you scale yourself. That is a massive strategy, a massive benefit to you in today's plan of action. Second, what are the deliverables? What is somebody buying? Again, coaches and consultants, listen up. You, if you just say, look, I can help you and it's a retainer thing and we'll have a conversation every couple weeks, that's really great. But if you actually say, 
you know, listen, I'm, I'm going to overhaul your management and execution system. I'm going to overhaul your mission statement guiding principles. I'm going to overhaul you, the way you look at a profit and loss statement. All of this is going to take a year. It's 800 bucks a month. We'll meet twice a week. We'll go through a set strategy, a set workbook, and we'll have all this figured out by the end of the year. People want to know what they're actually getting. Otherwise, you're really just kind of charging for your friendship and for some wisdom. So defined deliverables, and you deliver the framework in certain ways through a menu of specific products. Third, I don't know if you caught this when I was talking to Stephanie, but there is power in an assessment. Our assessment, if you go to mybusinessreport.com, thousands of companies, thousands of small businesses just like yours have gone there. You answer 56 questions. That changes over time because we're going to grow that assessment. But right now it's 56 questions. You get a 60-page custom detailed report. It's not a joke. 60 pages on everything that is wrong with your business and how you can fix it. It's free. But thousands of, of customers of small business owners have gone and gotten that assessment. And because of that, they've been introduced to the idea that their business should work like an airplane. That is ours. That's our framework. It's our product. But the assessment, what the assessment does for you and what it will do for Stephanie is it really tells your customer where they're suffering, where they're hurting, where their pain point is, which matches up with the medicine that you offer. So you want an assessment that helps people understand that whatever it is that they're dealing with is broken, and then your products actually fix what's broken. There is power in an assessment. This plan of action, build a duplicatable framework, define your deliverables, and build an assessment. Those three things can be worth thousands, hundreds of thousands, or millions of dollars for your business. And listen, even if you sell life insurance, even if you sell financial products, even if you sell real estate, all of that is applicable to you. Build a framework, define your deliverables and how you help people execute on that framework. And then there is power in an assessment. Three different things that you can do to build your business. It was a great coaching call with Stephanie. Gosh, she's so, she's so charismatic and so energetic and so fun to be with. Wouldn't you love to learn to be a trainer or a facilitator from somebody like that with her skill set? She's off to the races. She, she's going to do great. All right, listen, I already mentioned it once to you, but if you go to mybusinessreport.com, we can get you a, it's between 50 and 60 pages, depending on how much is wrong with your business. But what it, what's, what's beautiful about it is it spits out this report that is a playbook for you to grow your business. Here's everything that you need to work on. And it's not a big business philosophy playbook. It's practical steps. Really what it is is everything that I needed to do to professionalize my organization, to turn it into a machine, like, here's what should be in your dashboard. Here's whether or not you should install a CRM. Here's whether or not you should install a, fra a sales framework. Here's whether or not you have a good sales funnel. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, if all that just sounds like Greek to you, then you definitely need this assessment. By the way, it's great for solopreneurs. It's great for small businesses, but solopreneurs have businesses they need to grow. And so it will give you a game plan for growing that company. Just go to mybusinessreport.com. Again, it's totally free. Listen, if you love these conversations and if you're saying, Don, I want to be in one of these coaching conversations, I've got an interesting business. All you need to do is go to businessmadesimple.com slash podcast. That's businessmadesimple.com slash podcast and submit yourself to be on one of these episodes. I would love to talk to you. Again, just go to businessmadesimple.com slash podcast. Well, folks, that is all for this episode. A terrific episode. Enjoyed Stephanie so much. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast, where we help you discover what is wrong with your business and then show you how to fix it. See you again next week. <laughs>